0: Welcome to the Say Network Podcast. I'm Megan, and I'm here with Jim Sparks. Hello. And Abraham Guevara. Hello. And we're
1: in our temporary studios. We
0: are. We are. We should point that out.
1: We are uh, currently building uh, studios for ourselves. The project deadline is never, and we'll never get one.
0: I think each, (laughs) each episode will be in a new place, probably. Probably.
1: But today we are coming live from the garden room. There's no garden in the room.
0: There's a Christmas tree.
1: There is a Christmas tree, and it does look like uh, band lockers for a band room, maybe? I don't know. Accurate. It's cozy.
0: (laughs) So a few episodes back, uh, we shared that we'll be highlighting some of the ideas from a few of our WYI speakers during this first season of our podcast. And if you um, if you remember our theme at WYI was life, and we based it off John ten ten, B, the B is important. Don't forget the B. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when Jesus says, "I have come that they may have life, and they may have it abundantly," and again, we think that just this idea of life and living out the identity that we have in Christ is such an important part of our ministry. So, in our episode today, we're going to talk about some of the ideas that Major Amy Reardon. Uh, core officer in Seattle Temple, um, shared since she was actually our morning chapel speaker for the week, which is really awesome.
1: She was awesome.
0: She did an amazing job. Um, So before we get into the episode, um, I just want to take a few minutes and just share a couple youth culture resources with you. So Jim, what do you have?
1: Yeah, um, it's that time of the year. Uh, We are recording this in December, and so uh, it's when all the lists come out and uh some of them are very important lists and others are not but uh this one's kind of cool uh is the time you know they put out their list but this one is the times 25 most influential teens i look at this every year and uh it's pretty amazing what some of the, these teenagers are capable of and what they do um you know it's also humbling as a parent because you think your kid is amazing and awesome, and and then you see these kids, you're like, all right, they're just average kids. <laughs> 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 like, this 14-year-old is helping them treat pancreatic cancer. Oh, my gosh. And he uh, – so I'll just give a little – since the pancreas moves around in surgery, it sometimes gets uh, obscured by other organs. In an effort to solve this problem, Reshab Jane, – I'm going to probably – Mispronounce that. An eighth grader from Oregon, something good came out of Oregon. Developed <laughs>
0: wow. <What>? haters kind <laughs> hate. Oh,
1: too soon, I guess. Uh, developed a software tool that during simulations was shown to help doctors zero in on the pancreas more accurately, ideally improving treatments. The algorithm won Jane the twenty five thousand dollar top prize at the Discovery Education Young Scientist Challenge. Twenty five that was it? he went I know <laughs> <laughs> this dude just helped doctor street pay grad how much are they going to make all like, that?
2: Uh,
1: we'll give him 25 grand <laughs> oh man that's I mean that's, that
0: pays for one semester of college that's right. incredible <laughs> that's Like, awesome.
1: I mean and it's just one of 25 obviously just amazing amazing kids and just a healthy reminder to uh, to not uh, rule out kids and changing the world and uh And also a healthy reminder of like how good your kids are (laughs) (laughs) or how average they might be. No, my kids are nice.
2: My daughter just did her recital and she did very well. Yeah, well,
0: how's
1: how's that pancreas?
2: (laughs) (laughs) If that ever comes as an issue, I won't, I'll call someone else. (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's very funny, but uh, check it out and read through it. It's just, it's very inspiring um, to uh, see what these amazing young people are all, all about.
0: Awesome. Um, Mine is just, uh, I'm just going to just share a little bit about an event that we have coming up um, at Commissioning. We are going to be having a young adult event. It'll be a late night event on Saturday, uh, the 9th, the 10th. Probably should have checked that before. Um, (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's on the 10th. It's the Saturday of commissioning basically at 9 p.m. We're still kind of working out the details of what we're going to be doing. But if you are going to be at commissioning, we definitely want to invite you if you are a young adult, at least age 18, uh, to come out and to join us. It's just going to be a really great time of um, fellowship and just fun and, and just a really great time. So if you are at commissioning or if you are in the California South area, we definitely invite you to um, come and join us, and we'll have some more information on our on Say Connect soon. But um, just keep an eye out for and that. And you get
2: to meet us too. We'll be there. If you want an autograph, you know, if you're big fans of this,
1: I don't think
0: I don't know if that's going to draw anyone. <laughs> is going to
1: ask for our autographs? Aww. That's never going to happen. <laughs> uh, have we bombed a young adult thing before?
0: Oh, that's a good question. At last. Last year, Is was that a little bit of a bomb.
1: I wouldn't say that was a bomb. I'd say that was like a firecracker.
2: Yeah.
0: We had over 230 like, people sign up, and we had 80 people show up.
1: Yeah. It's, um, well, you know.
2: And we know your names. We have a commitment. Those of you who didn't show a, com- up. a commitment issue, obviously.
1: True. <laughs> we, we're not appealing for the long-term uh, relationship, I guess. But uh, we've done some very fun things. Uh, yeah,
0: we did a boat cruise one uh, year. That was really fun.
1: That was good. We did uh, th- oh, the fun. playground. Recess. Yeah. Recess was cool. Um, yeah, we've done. Uh,
0: and last year was really cool. Like it was super we cool. did a great it, it surround the city. They did a great concert and it stuff.
1: Was, it was super cool. It's not our fault that One Direction was doing a concert down the street. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone went to it.
2: But. It's hard to compete with that promenade, that that Pasadena like. Yeah, It's just so lively and it, so pretty.
1: It turns out Santa's not there. <laughs> <laughs> That's for we just ran into a problem. We went to take our kids to take a picture with Santa, which we've done it like five straight years at that place, and Santa wasn't there. And
2: oh, no. Kids
1: were mildly disappointed. Mom, incredibly disappointed. She's still not over it yet. More
0: disappointed than the kids?
2: <laughs> oh, gosh. It's about the picture.
1: It's not about Santa.
0: Aww.
2: I got to ask you, do, do they charge there for a picture with Santa? They do, but it's very reasonable,
1: and they give you a nice five by seven.
2: Okay. Yeah, it's, I.
1: It's reasonable though.
2: If any of you are are thinking about getting a picture with Santa, and we're kind of dating this podcast by talking about this, but whatever. That's Right.
1: Santa's year round. Santa's year that's round.
2: True. Uh, uh, do the pay for it. Don't do the free one like uh, we did yesterday. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh yeah. Just don't don't yeah pay for it. You get what you pay for is all I'm saying. Yep. That's nice. <laughs> so. it
1: stays around for a long time. All right, so we've gone from uh, commissioning to Santa.
0: Santa, that's right. (laughs) Well, anything that uh, we've talked about related to youth culture probably minus the Santa information <laughs> will be uh, linked in our show notes. Um, so if you have questions about, uh, we'll link the article and uh, if we have information on the young adult commissioning event, we'll, we'll link that. Um, but without any further delay, let's... We
1: should link something about Santa in there. Oh, okay. It's just... His a, address. I'm just saying it, there could be some potential jobs, That's seasonal true. jobs That's for true. young adults. That is true. Our young
0: elves. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Okay, uh, without any, any more delay, uh, let's listen to our first clip from Major Amy.
3: And every night I used to go and sit under this enormous sycamore tree and listen to this beautiful piece of music called Benedictus by two cellos. And as I was listening, he would always rustle the tree. That's what I, that's part of my Shalom life. I know this is a really personal example, but God was showing his presence to me by moving through the trees. Obviously, I didn't spend a whole lot of time looking for a branch. There's <laughs> so, probably not much rustling going on here. <laughs> but I wanted to demonstrate to you that, that, that this for me is one way in which God has displayed his presence in my life. He moves in the wind, and when he does, I feel him speaking to me and showing me I am here. A few weeks ago I was doing my devotions and I like to get up before anybody else in the house gets up and I sit on this couch in our family room. And I just wasn't, I, I was like, Lord, I want to connect with you and I'm just, not, I'm just not feeling you. I'm reading my Bible and I'm praying. It just feels perfunctory. It feels like a job. It, I'm not feeling you. And I heard the Lord say to me, come outside. And... I was like, okay, so I went to the back door, and first of all, this is really cool to me, the back door, I was the first person up. The back door was not shut. It was ajar. And I felt like that was God's invitation, like God himself had opened the door, said, see, I want you to come outside. And I went out in the back, and as I did, the sky sort of changed. And these clouds started moving in this wind. And we have, I live in Washington State where we have massive trees. And all around in the back in my backyard and my neighbor's yards, you just see these gigantic trees. And they were just like really moving. And I felt the Lord saying, I'm here. I'm here. I don't know how God speaks to you. But he is resurrected and he is here. Why not look for a way? Maybe you know the way he speaks to you, but if you don't, why not look for a way that you feel his presence? He's, he reaches us individually, right? Because we are individuals. We're all created differently. And he speaks to us differently. I was having a conversation with Pete, I don't know where Pete is, but He was saying how amazing it is that there's six billion people, six or seven billion people on the planet. And God God loves us all in the way that we need to be loved. And he comes to us all in the way that we need him to come to us. And that's those who are currently alive. So think through the history of all humanity that God has been able to do that, to come to each person individually if they will have him in the way that they need him. And God wants to come to you. And he wants you to feel his presence with you. You've got to make time for it. If you don't have the time, you're not going to feel it. His resurrected self is as near to you as your own breath he has not denied a single one of you his presence. Don't you think for one moment that God reveals himself to me because I'm an officer or because I'm older or, because, or whatever you might think. Don't think for one moment that God is more eager to reveal himself to me than he is to reveal himself to you. He is there. He is closer than your own breath.
0: So Amy describes this really great scene where she's under the tree in her backyard and she feels like God is speaking to her through the rustling of the branches. And I really like how she says that God um, would speak to her in the way that she needed to hear him and that God speaks to us in the way that we need to hear him. I'm just curious, have, has God ever like revealed himself or spoken to you guys like personally or anything like that?
1: That's a a pretty heavy question. Um, I I do remember there was a a point in, um, I was in Santiago, Chile um, on a band trip. And uh, I was in a kind of a weird spot in my life of having to make, you know, larger decisions and growing up, really. And um, I probably would say I was scared at that time, not really sure what, what it was. And then there was a kind of a, a revelation in that moment of like all the stuff that God has prepared me to do, to leave and, and to be an adult and move forward. And all the stuff that I was worried about was already in place. It was already there. I just didn't see it. And, uh, I think that would probably be my equivalent, um, to that. And, uh, and so, yeah, that was a kind of a a bigger moment. I, there was no audible. There was no, there was this kind of like, movement for me um, but it was it was pretty amazing just uh, recognizing that everything that has been set in place and all my fears were kind of just gone right there I was like well, I'm good and he's preparing me for this thought that was cool it's interesting she talks about a tree there's a particular tree at Camp Mount Craig's that uh, um, that I love and um, I used to live at Camp Gilmore and I my office was at Camp Mount Craig's so I'd walk from Gilmore to Craig's a lot and uh and i walked because i'm not a golf cart driver like those lazy people but uh this one particular tree in the afternoon uh it it's got a lot of leaves and i don't know if they're just looser leaves or what but it's a huge tree it's just at the top of the past the bridge when you come up on the craig side and from far away it looks like it's a audience clapping like for me and every time i saw it i was like I'm doing all right. (laughs) I was very selfishly was like, they're cheering for me. And I, when I heard that tree illustration, uh, this past summer, I thought, God was just clapping for me. Like You did good today. (laughs) Like you you got (laughs) called to the gym. (laughs) 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 I was very selfish, but that's what I thought about during that time.
2: That's cool. I, I, um, the revealing part is, is, is like, I've always felt, um, like everybody else had those really cool experiences. And, uh, And I didn't really have any of that stuff. Um, Like I would a lot of times for me, my prayer life was just, you know, pray, uh, read the Bible. And if it's something from like the word, you know, would stand out to me and kind of like would change my thinking, my thought pattern would kind of go in that manner for the rest of the day or the week. And um, and recently it's been it's gone. It's kind of gone back to that. Um, But there was a point where I was kind of looking for guidance, especially when I was like kind of out here on my own in SoCal with my wife and daughter at the time and had no idea what I was going to do um, and was just really kind of all over the place and really worried. And um, and at that moment, uh, God kind of came through. And, and it was funny because I, I feel weird saying this, but it was like in a dream. And I don't, that usually doesn't happen. I'm not that kind of that kind of person. I know people who are like, man, I had a meaningful dream. And I'm like, I get meaningful dreams once in a while, but most of the times it's like, I ate bad Taco Bell, and it's just like <laughs> <laughs> I'm having these crazy lingering nightmares, thoughts. lingering thoughts, yeah. And there's nothing re- I can really listen to there. Uh, but I did have a dream, and, it, and part of it was like um, I, I don't—I remember it vaguely now, but I do remember like hearing God saying, "You know, move to Anaheim and 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 you know make your make your house out there and and um and then find your church and get plugged in." And so that's what we did. I was like, I got nothing else to go with at the time. There was no other like nobody else advising me nothing so i'm like this is what i what i'm getting from god and this is where we're going and we've been out there for six seven years we've gotten plugged in at a church and uh, and then at, at the time at the church it was another dream that i had about uh getting involved with ministry with a youth ministry there and i told my wife uh that night i'm like i had a, had a really weird dream and the pastor came up to me told me to get involved and uh And then like the next day I get a call and it's the youth pastor. He's like, Hey, can you get involved with the youth? And I'm like, Hey babe, remember that dream I had? The pastor just called me up and I was like, I guess we're going this way now too, you know? So it was just a lot of times I, I, I'm in a practical way. I just went with it because it was really like, that's what I felt, you know? And, and there was nothing else. And, I'm not somebody who tells you, you know, listen to all your dreams and, you know, go with that every time. But, um, but God does use those. I mean, obviously you see it in the, in scripture. Um, and at this point, God hasn't told us or told me, uh, you know, anything, any strong feelings of of movement. So we've just been like, this is where we'll stay until God tells us something else. So, yeah, but yeah, that's, that happened to me a couple of times. And, uh, and I'm always reluctant because I don't want to be, a, like, one of those people, like a weirdo or anything, you know. It's always like this.
1: Well, you did say it didn't come to you in a dream, and you're only two examples where it came into a dream.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so maybe you are that person. Well, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily, that was, like, once yeah. every, like, three or four years maybe. So uh,
1: This other dream, I was
2: a centaur. Yeah. <laughs> I, had this, I had this dream where uh, God told me to tell you to give me all your money. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that was it.
0: Uh, I think for me, uh, it's kind of similar. Well, I think maybe once or twice, I I feel like um, God's spoken to me through a dream. But uh, for the most part, maybe I'm weird. I don't know. But like, I've always felt like God's been with me. Like just Mm -hmm. for, even since I was young, when I look back on my life and like just certain situations, um, I just always like have felt, Uh, most of the time, like God's presence in my life. Um, whether it's like getting me through uh, a difficult situation or something, um, I, I I tend to get, um, very anxious, very nervous. And I, I just, um, I know when I, when I like pray or like seek God, like I always find that peace and he always kind of grants me that peace or clarity that I need on a situation. And I think that's how I really, um, I don't know god speaks to me through that a lot is through clarity if that makes sense and in different situations and stuff and the other way that i feel like god speaks to me a lot is through like a sermon or a podcast when i feel like that was just directed exactly to me and i just feel like wham like you know Uh, i feel like that's that's generally how god speaks to me for the most part uh, so far in my life so far Um, but Amy also points out that if we want to hear from God, like we have to make the time out to, to hear from him. And that's like such an important piece. I'm not always good at this. I'm going to be honest. A lot of times I don't make time out for God unless I, or seek God, unless I'm in a, in a difficult situation or I need to rely on him for something. Sometimes in my, in the good situations, I don't always seek God out as much as I should. And, um, I'm curious do you guys again this is a personal question but um do you do you make time out to hear from God and like what does that time look like?
1: Uh answering honestly no. Um I probably tend to make more time to tell God what I need <laughs> than anything else. <laughs> uh and uh and then but like just looking digesting that question a little bit is you could look back at different points in, in my life that when I did actually stop and slow down, then that's when that happened. Yeah. I, I could hear it and uh, I could uh, account for different moments at different places. And it usually involves the woods and just going for a walk and mm. uh, and being away from things. So uh, yeah, that probably should be very much more of a practice in my
2: life. Yeah. Uh, I've had, I, I remember a while back someone was like, redeem your commute. <laughs> so I've taken redeem time. Your re- <laughs> redeem your commute.
0: I don't know why
2: that sounds funny. Yeah. So, like, all that time. That's you, really hard <laughs> <dude. laughs> And so, with that time, you take uh, cursing at other drivers, uh, take that time to talk to God. <laughs> 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 and so, uh, like, I, I've, I've had, man, I've had good moments in my car, um, you know, put on some worship music listening to the bible
1: i will say some of my best worship moments have been in the car yeah
2: you know trying to not try not to show the driver next to you that you're crying What? <laughs> yeah, trying to play it off i was just gonna
1: add that most of mine have been at night
2: yeah <laughs> if you have a problem uh get tinted windows you know if you're yeah, worried about well, it that's
1: that was part of the decision process yeah. <laughs> <So maybe> no <laughs> i've had some pretty where i just kept driving yeah like i'm this is not gonna finish anytime soon
0: yeah
2: I like uh our leaf blower guys are, hold on.
0: There is continual landscaping. In yeah. This, and they're doing
2: a great job. So if you guys hear a leaf blower, just it's not around you guys. It's us.
1: It's a product placement by echo <laughs> leaf blowers, 4.5 horsepower.
2: <laughs> can Can you hear the purr from here? Turbine engine. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think those times driving have been, have been really great. Um, you know, I've had really good time like, as, as a, as a parent, I've had good times, uh, in scripture with my kids it's funny because people uh will talk about like yeah you're just reading the bible to your kids but we've we made this thing this year this is like the only new year new year's resolution that i think i've kept ever and it was the beginning of this year we were going to read the bible uh as much as we could just as often as we could and just keep it as consistent as we could uh not be like every single day because that's kind of tough because things happen you come home late whatever so we made it pretty consistent to read the bible one chapter of the bible this year we've gone through like four books five books uh we went through like two gospels and we're in acts right now and one chapter and the craziest thing is i've gotten more out of just reading one chapter uh than i had of like trying to read four chapters or three chapters it was just something about getting one chapter of the bible and then like the next day i'm just thinking about that and my brain is looking at every little detail of of, of what we just read and uh, Sometimes I talk a little too much to my daughter, like I can tell, maybe I'm going a little like in on it, like, "Oh my gosh, can not you see this and, you know this is so amazing." And my daughter's like, I don't, "I'm only getting a couple things here." but I've, I've been really liking it, and uh, she's been liking it too, I hope. <laughs> but no, it's just been good family time and my, my wife and my, my daughters and and so yeah, we've been uh, been doing those moments, and uh, it's been pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I think all the things we're describing are basically like spiritual disciplines. I think when we take the time out to to pray and read the word and um, that kind of stuff, I I was going to say fast, but I don't fast because I'm really bad at it. I fast
2: like three hours (laughs) in between meals maybe.
1: I fast roughly 10 p.m. to 6, or well, now 5 a.m. (laughs)
0: Those uh, are guaranteed
1: fasting hours <laughs> for me.
0: Yeah. Um, obviously, you don't have to do spiritual disciplines to like hear from God, but um, I think that those are good practices to really help you and kind of guide you along. Yeah. Just from a practical standpoint.
2: The spiritual discipline thing. Uh, I think you sh- you do do your spiritual disciplines, but they don't have to look like everybody else's. Yeah. You know, f- do what works for you. It's like it's like working out. Like do do whatever works for you. You know, just do it. You know. So.
0: All right. Let's check out our second clip. When I was in
3: school. Every teacher of every school I ever went to knew my mom. She was scary. I have a brother and a sister, and if any teacher did anything that she didn't think was fair to one of us, boy, they were going to hear about it from my mom. And they were terrified of her. I, I, honestly, to be honest, I think there were a few DYSs that were terrified of my mother as well. Because they were going to hear about it. And when I became a mom, (laughs) I found myself kind of getting the same way. Somebody wasn't giving my children all that they deserved or all that they needed or whatever. I was going to advocate for them strongly. (laughs) It's what a mom does. I know what it means to advocate for somebody that I truly, truly love. And that's what Christ does for you. And the cool thing is the one he's advocating to loves you just as much. You are so loved. Do you even get that? You are, you are so loved, it's ridiculous. And so when you sin, although it grieves the heart of God, it's just washed away. It's just gone. Gone. Because the resurrected Christ is our High Priest, we have nothing to fear ever again. You have no wrath of God coming down on you. You have no hell in your future. If you have received the blood of Christ into your life and made Him Lord and Master of your life, you have nothing to fear ever again because you have a resurrected Savior.
1: All right. this is kind of a point, uh, like the broader point of uh, when you belong to the kingdom of heaven and God loves you and he, and he's looking out for you and stuff like that. It's a point that we may have made in our own uh, messages that we've given or we hear it a lot. Why is that hard for understand? Because like, even saying it or thinking it, it's still really kind of hard to understand. Why is it so hard to understand and why we have to be reminded so much on that?
2: No, I I think the the uh the cool thing is is we forget a lot of times that um we are saved and I think it I think a lot of times the only times we're reminded of our salvation is when we mess up. Hmm. You know, I feel like whenever we sin and we kind of like trip and fall, I think that's that's the point where we kind of remember the grace of God, but a lot of times uh uh we kind of walk around and and while there's nothing happening in our lives um I think that message is kind of slowly we kind of it kind of fades away a little bit and and we we don't realize we have this huge like safety net there. Um, And so, yeah, I think that's. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of times we think um, it's just not in our nature to think of ourselves. So to see ourselves the way God (laughs) sees us, obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, and so like we just can't even, I think, comprehend how how God sees us and how God loves us and and sometimes that's hard to take in and, and to understand and to grasp that and um I, I just think that's like the beauty of God's grace like upon us too that that he views us in that way
2: yeah
1: yeah by adding that to our disciplines of just reminding that because you're right I think it, it does only seem to come up when we've screwed up
2: yeah we look at I think as leaders we we look at our um, even as parents, we look at our kids, or we look at the people we minister to, um, and we say we look at them with like this kindness, and then we and this encouragement. We're like, "Man, God loves you. God loves you so much, and God is, died for you. And His love is all this. We're, we're preaching about all this stuff, and we forget that that applies to us too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that happens a lot, particularly when you're speaking. You're like, "This is gonna be good for you." Yeah, when <laughs> really it's for you. Yeah. it's for us. Um youth ministry parents uh can be a little heavy handed <laughs> uh, what are the best ways that we can work with a parent that can be like this?
2: If any of you listeners have any <laughs> advice, please yeah. send us yes. say connect <laughs> at gmail dot com
0: uh, I've definitely come across some parents um that are very uh, you know ultimately it comes from a good place they want you know the best for their kids and, and I wouldn't
1: use and the word ultimately.
0: ultimately. <laughs>
1: I think by and large would be a better way of saying it
0: (laughs) Um, yeah so I don't know I mean I guess maybe just trying to figure out like what what is their concern? Like, what is really at the heart of, like, why Why are they asking so many questions? Like, why are they so concerned about, um, you know, what's going on with their kid or or whatever? Like, what is what is sort of that anxiety? What is that thing? And then try to address it with them and just say, hey, look, you know, we're doing our best. This is what we're doing to, like, address that area.
2: Yeah. I think humility would be a good approach um, because the parents do spend a lot of time with their kids. <laughs> uh, and also like we we only get one side of the story many times when we're when we're with like the kid uh and we don't really see how they are at at home we i remember situations where like parents it was kind of on the other side the parent would complain about the kid and we'd look at them in church and we're like he he seems like a great kid you know um but it would, it, it, there's an opportunity there to reach out to the family. There's an opportunity to show Christ to the parents, and there's an opportunity to, like, uh, unite this family. And so humility, I think, is kind of the best way to, to take it in. Um, and not make parents kind of like your adversaries, but very much like their.
0: Yeah, you know. like it's a team effort, you yeah. know, because I think there is so much pressure on kids today just yeah. just to like do everything and be involved in everything yeah. and do all these things. And the parents are trying to like keep their kids, you know, on on track, on schedule, all, you know, help their kids succeed basically. Right. But I think that team effort is key.
2: I feel like this is a podcast topic in and of itself. Yeah. Oh, it certainly yeah.
0: is.
1: Yeah. I, I've been yelled at, um, uh, and quite a bit actually over the years uh, mostly in the camp genre by people i didn't know uh, I had a parent point finger at me and saying that they were going to have one of the staff members that work for me arrested but didn't give a reason why he just <laughs> got wow. his car, kind of a walk-off <laughs> uh so uh some difficult times uh for me i think the what i learned over a period of time was uh first is to be a good listener mm. uh when it comes to parents um i hated i hated when a parent would say well you don't know you're not a parent and i would be like, please i know these kids better than all that stuff and i was mm-hmm. cocky and then mm-hmm. when i became a parent i was like oh, yeah i didn't know <laughs> <laughs> but um uh, but to be a good listener uh mm. and and really pay attention to what they're saying and so you could kind of you could get to the you could hear the root if you're listening Mm. if you're just listening genuinely listening Mm. not coming up with comebacks or you know bombs that you're gonna throw you could find the root and it's usually uh at least in my experience it's been not as bad as what the conversation is um i I think of this one lady who called in and was i mean really really angry that her daughter had to shower at night not in the morning because we had you know communal showers like just i mean a shower house basically they didn't bathe together but um but there wasn't enough for everyone so you had to split it up sometimes you showered at night and then or you showered in the morning based on your schedule and she was really angry that her daughter did not shower at the time in which she was used to and she was more angrier than i would have guessed for something like that i mean Usually, kids don't shower at camp, so the fact that she got a shower was pretty exciting, right? And she's just going and going, and I was just listening and listening, waiting for that. Why, why, why? And um, but her daughter kept interrupting her on the phone, mom, mom, because she had just gotten home. Like, I, I this phone call was like at one o'clock in the afternoon, she had just gotten home, and mom, mom, trying to tell her, and she goes, Hold on to me. And then it goes quiet, which always made me nervous. (laughs) Like, I want to (laughs) hear what's going on. And then um, the lady gets on, and it was like a different voice altogether. And she said that, uh, I I need to apologize to you. Um, I'm angry over a very silly thing. And my daughter is trying to get my attention while I'm yelling at you to um, tell me that she accepted Christ as her Savior and just had this incredible week at camp. And... I'm stuck on the shower for some reason. And I mm. apologize. And, and so like, it just kind of waited itself out and yeah. it, it worked out and it was amazing. And I was so happy that that girl had a good experience. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the lady felt really bad. And I was like, you don't need to feel bad. You're just being a mom and, yeah. uh, and it's okay. Um, and so just, uh, that was a, a lesson learned just to kind of listen and, and, and be empathetic as well. And then, the for other thing, as as a parent, uh, is communication is critical, and we under communicate. Youth ministry world for some reason under communicates things, and I think if we understand the enormity of you're taking someone's child away from them for several yeah. hours at a time, yeah. doing something, you should give them the communication of what it is that they're doing, why, how, all mm-hmm. of that information, because then that just that makes it that easy. I, I have no problems dropping my kids off to go and do stuff, and I just want to yeah. just tell me what they're doing. And gone are the days where you're like, "Hey, I'm just gonna take a kid. We're gonna be gone for like six hours, and <laughs> and we'll let you know what we do after that." That that, that shouldn't happen. Yeah, that's creepy, yeah. right? Just say, "Hey, this is what we're doing," and that puts a lot of parents at ease. You're it's a it's prevent defense is what I call it in youth ministry, and uh, you're giving them all the information and letting them know and then you follow that information yeah. so if you're going to be back at 6 o'clock you're back at 6 yeah. o'clock and it builds trust and and then when there is a time that something uh, goes wrong whether it could be as small as you're going to be late or some accident happened you've got that trust built in and yeah. it, it makes it a lot easier
2: I, I think it's a safe assumption for youth leaders to remember that any parent that they meet that actually loves their kid and cares about their kid truly has a little bit of PTSD from being a parent yeah like it messes you up a little bit yeah uh there's a you've seen the injuries that your kid has been through you you've seen like the sicknesses that they've had so all that messes with you a little bit I'm saying this from firsthand experience so you're worried about them you, you get worried So always remember that I think if, if the parent really loves their kid they're a little bit worried kind of all the time yeah so
1: Let's just bookmark this conversation for another podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. All right, we're going into the, our final clip uh, from Major Amy Reardon. I'm going to her captain.
3: She'll always be my captain. I said something about somebody that I wish I hadn't said. It wasn't untrue. It wasn't with a spin on it. But it was something that that person wouldn't want repeated about himself. And I said it. And I went to bed, then after, shortly after that I went to bed, and I went to bed feeling just disgusting. Sometimes we dig in that grave. It's like whack-a-mole, you know? You know, you know whack-a-mole at Chuck E. Cheese and the ping, 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 up he comes and you're like, I thought I got you, man. And you're coming up over here, and I thought I, you know. And you're just kind of whacking him, whacking him, whacking him. It's, it's like it's the same little dude every, in every hole. Have you noticed that? I mean, I know it's not, I'm not that dumb, but you know, he looks the same. And you kind of, mm, 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 mm. And that's the way sometimes I have felt with some of my sins. And that's the way I felt last night when I opened my mouth and something came out that shouldn't have. It's like, there I am whacking that mole again. And the Lord says to us, you know, I could just unplug that machine. Because the source that that whack-a-mole sin machine, if you're with me on that, are we okay with that? This whole sin keeps popping up again. If the source that that whack-a-mole sin machine is plugged into, the source of energy for that machine is the old person you used to be. The old human, the old man, the one that's supposed to be dead. That is the source, the energy that makes that sin pop up again. And Christ says to us, let me unplug that machine and let me connect you with the Holy Spirit source. Let me plug you in to the Holy Spirit source so that the only thing that's popping up is beautiful. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. These are the things we want to see popping up. Not that ugly mold. That's what it is to be resurrected in Christ. The old is dead. The new lives. And I know I keep harping on this, but I really want to reiterate this because everyone's situation here is different. There are some of you who can say, yes, I had a life of egregious sin. Everybody could see it. We heard Paul Swain's testimony Drugs and and just it led him down the wrong path, and all that happened there. And you know, and he lost his family, and he lost all of that. And when he turned around, it was dramatic. Me, maybe not so much. I've had a lot of things happen in my life, you'd be surprised. But I always went to church, I always taught Sunday school. And if people weren't looking very carefully, they would think everything was okay. If that's more like your testimony, sometimes it's a little harder to grasp how you turn, how you make that move into the new man. I'm sorry I keep saying man. That's the old-fashioned way of saying it. The new human, the new person that Christ created you to be. This is your shalom life. To move from what you were when Satan had a hold of you, to move from that, to shed that all off of you, to put on the new human being that Christ has designed you to be. Remember that in shalom life, you were going back to what you were created to be. And whose image were you created in? God's image. So it is your shalom life to go back to what God wants you to look like. And he wants you to look like him and you are resurrected to look like him.
2: This is another one of those things that's really like deep and it has a lot to it, a lot of layers to it. But um, uh, I, I think this resonates with me as a leader, as, as somebody who's been involved in church, uh, is this whole idea of playing whack-a-mole with your issues the things that you're dealing with. And I find it really sobering and really nice for her to kind of admit that she's messed up. You know, we say mess up, but we know it's really sin because the word sin just means missing the mark, right? But we turn sin into like, it's all categorized with murder and everything. So we don't <laughs> wanna like, we don't wanna <laughs> jump in there, you know? But um, I love that she just came out and said, I, "I I made a mistake. And this was like a couple of hours before coming up here. You know, and I, I always wonder, why is it so hard? Like, we all play this game of whack-a-mole in church. Like, we all play it personally. At some point, we all play it. Uh, but I wonder, why is it so hard for leaders to admit it? Like, why is it so hard for us church people to, especially people who have been involved, like, why is it so hard for us to come clean and say, hey, I'm I'm struggling, you know? I don't know. What do you guys think?
1: I think maybe there's an expectation that you're not supposed to. Yeah. And you're supposed to have it right. I'm the one teaching every week. I'm not, thank goodness. <laughs> but you know what I mean. And and if I don't, are they going to believe what I'm going to say next week? Hmm. Like if I'm my if I'm fault, are they going to believe what I have to say, or are they going to trust me or that kind of stuff? I feel like there's stuff at stake there. Uh, yeah.
0: Also, I think they maybe we don't want to be looked at super close. Like she talks about, yeah, if you look on the surface, things look. Great, you know, things look fine. But once you actually start kind of peeling back the layers in a sense, you know, like what are you going to find and and who wants to be under that microscope, I guess.
2: Right. Uh, And we all get a little, even I think even people listening right now get a little nervous when you start thinking about your own kind of stuff. You get it like, oh man, I got, I got these things I can't let anybody know about. But everybody's there in that same boat and we're all just acting like we're not, you know?
0: I think that's, yeah. And
1: I I think actually if, uh, if you're humble about it and honest and transparent about it then people people that's there's a comfort level that begins to happen there and and uh i think of um boot camp whatever five or six amory miller mm. was talking about giving the gift of going second yeah. uh and uh, to me that was one of the most powerful moments that we've had in our events that we've done is that that uh that option of look, I, I I'm giving you the gift to go in a second. I've told you my story. You know my story now. And and the response was pretty amazing. Yeah. And to me that was that was kind of one of those moments of like I, I could probably be a little bit more transparent in my life and let people in a little bit more yeah. than I ever did before.
0: Yeah. yeah, even just the fact that she started that whole clip off, that whole segment just with look, I messed up. I did this. You know, I think everybody, uh, empathize with that. Everybody was like, yeah, okay. Like I, I can get with this, you know? Yeah.
2: It's a little bit of a, it's a frustrating feeling personally when you, when you, when you do that, uh, because you're like, yeah, that game of whack-a-mole. She's like, man, I'm dealing with this again, or I'm dealing with something else. We just got this taken care of. Here comes another like issue, you know? Uh, And she's she's saying that that's just that just keeps happening. But she says that the solution is unplugging the machine and living by the spirit. And uh, and for those of us who who hear that a lot in church, a lot of times that can kind of we've heard those terms living by the spirit. Um, But what does that mean um, practically in like a day to day context? What do you think that means? What do you what do you guys think?
0: For me, um, what comes to mind is when I think of like this whack-a-mole, this sin, this is like, I think of sin as just rebellion against God, this just sort of tendency to just want to do the wrong thing or yeah. like give in to, to, to I don't know, selfish things and stuff. And, um, I remember I was at WYI. uh, don't even remember what year, but, um, Michael Collins was speaking and he was talking about, um, how on a, on a Sometimes even minute by minute basis, he has to repent of his mm. sin. of it, Just those little things, those small little things that pile up, gossiping about somebody, um, you know, thinking a bad thought, um, having have, wishing something terrible on somebody, like that kind of thing. Um, just those, those little things and, and continuously having to repent about that. I remember at that time, you know, I just, for some reason, I thought, you know, repenting was something that was done at the altar. It had to be done at yeah. church. Like I knew I didn't have to, but I was in the practice of repenting on even a daily basis, and that just like completely transformed my my whole mindset and and, and uh, on kind of dealing with these types of things. Like deal with it then and there, deal with it mm. a- as it's happening or right after it happens. Don't don't let it sit and like linger and just wait. Otherwise, like with whack a mole, it's funny because at, if you don't um, whack the little like guys a bunch of them come up <laughs> all at the same time and it's like really crazy. So I think, I think for me personally, um, again, going back to like what Michael Collins said, but just like on a regular basis, like, like dealing with that sin on a regular basis.
1: Yeah. You could probably do a whole sermon on the whack-a-mole because I'm thinking like you really need help in whack-a-mole. Yeah. You can't, you can't win the game by yourself.
2: No, I use my kid. You need to bring others. <laughs> you never stand next to me You cheese.
0: take that half. I'll take this half. <laughs>
1: yeah. Very practical Illustration Yeah I I, I think uh, Plugging is being able to Recognize that you Have a problem 12 step Type thing (laughs) Situation (laughs) You know what I mean Of like Well this machine Is controlling me Whether it be um, The literal Like a literal Interpretation Like a technology Or your schedule Or that Grinding sin sin That's just kind of Always there Yeah Of being able to Recognize it And taking a stand And saying Hey I'm going to I, I got to stop this even though that's it's going to affect me right. in a lot of areas um, like with schedules it, it could be that I'm going to have to reduce some stuff because I can't do this yeah. and some people are going to be disappointed by that but it's overtaking your life yeah. and so it takes courage to do that um, particularly if it's public stuff um, mm. but um, I guess for private stuff as well Yeah, uh, but you have to be able to recognize that that's what's controlling your life that's what that's what it is yeah. and I think that's hard mm-hmm. to do
0: alright well that's our episode um, I just want to say a special thank you to Major Amy Reardon just for the content of this episode honestly she she was an amazing chapel speaker for us at WYI so uh, thank you to Major Amy Reardon
1: she's an amazing human uh, just 100% a, a really genuine yeah. genuine person so
0: Um, and, uh, yeah, also just a special thanks to our listeners just for going through this topic of life with us, um, as, as we've explored it and any information that we've kind of referenced in this podcast will be in the show notes and we'll see you guys next time.
1: We'll see you next time.
0: Bye.